Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know, So and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This right here is our hundredth episode, and we're gonna be bringing you some Dolphins action, some Hurricanes action, brought to you by some special guests. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Celebration, dog. Bring in, bring in the champagne. Go ahead. I'm not talking to anybody. <clears throat> Where are the bottle girls? We haven't got to that level. You promised yet. me bottle girls for the hundredth. I mean, it's not in the budget, dog. We don't even <laughs> got bottles, let alone bottle girls, dog. <laughs> it's not in the budget, man. We spent all our money on our equipment to bring these people an amazing show with high quality sound and video. So that's what you get, man. Yo, 100, bro. Congratulations, doggy. Likewise, sir. Yo, Likewise, congrats. it's been a little bit of a struggle, a little bit of some good times, more good times than bad times. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we've really had any bad times so much as we've had like learning Lear- experiences. Damn, because I was going to, you took the yeah, words right out of my yeah, mouth. Yeah, dog, you know what I mean? We, we figured out, you know, kind of how to put this product together and, and deliver it to whoever's willing to consume it. Right. And uh, shout out to everybody who's been with us on this journey, um, both of the women in our lives, right, who support the show and then everybody who's been around it and part of the foundation since day one we obviously wouldn't have got here without you guys with the support and all of that good stuff um so we want to thank you guys we want to give you guys an amazing shout out because like i said the podcast doesn't get where it is and where it's going without your help and support so we appreciate you guys um hundredth episode bro wow dog we do we do this once a week right if you think back dog we really haven't missed like an extended period of time. We might miss one where like maybe I'm traveling, I can't join, or I can only join for a few minutes or so. Right. I think maybe you know there's been a couple occasions over the last two years because if we do one a week, there's 52 weeks in a year. Bingo. 104 weeks, oh, two right years. There. So well, this is 100. This has been almost two years now of us doing this to the day almost. And um, yeah, man, it's been it's been fun. I've I'm, I've really enjoyed doing this, and everybody we've got the chance to talk to. Oof. And the people that we will get the chance to speak to. Yeah, man. You know, and yeah, all the man. other stuff that's, that has sprung off from just this, you and I sitting down to have this conversation on a couple mics. Do you hear that feedback? No. I don't know why I'm getting a little bit of feedback. Hopefully it's just Make on, sure your phone's on silent, bro. Maybe hopefully it's just on my end. But um, <laughs> no, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited um, for the next hundred. For sure. You know, we're looking forward to the next hundredth episode, right? 200 when we get to that point. But it's something that you pointed out is our consistency. You know, it's a, it takes a lot of work to be available, to put in the work, come in every week, uh, have a game plan, um, create narratives when we need to you know follow the storylines that that are hot and popular and bring it to people on a weekly basis while creating other things that we've done like the 365 we've been the boxing the the bare knuckle fighting championship um we're going to another one in november we've had countless interviews with with sports entities um it's been amazing man from especially from where we started right a little laptop trying to figure it out with like two right separate here. mics we started it right here just we just didn't have all the cameras and equipment that we now have. You right. Know? Next, we're working on it, man, little by little, you know. And um, we want to just take this opportunity to to reflect, right, on what we have done so far and what we're doing in the future. Um, shout out to everybody who's ever been a part of this show. We're talking about uh, from Ethan Skolnick, right, our very first big guest. Uh, but, oh, scratch that. 
take that completely back. Our very first big guest was my brother, Victor Bermudez. Wow. Right? At our, my I mean, brother's nothing, store, nothing Empire Boutique. Shout out to Steve, man. Nothing against Ethan, but man, I can't believe you did that to Vic. I dog. know, right? My brain slipped for a second. But yeah, Vic, our first guest, right? Ethan, um, our first sports reporter guest. We've had interviews with Jaime Gutierrez, Jaime Gutierrez director, uh, covers basketball for FIBA, Alex, Coach Alex Sib. Um, Talking about golf. An amazing golf professional, right? Our MMA insider, Jesse, Jesse Oliva. Brother of the show, um, Sergio, brother of the show, right? When we need that extra in-depth knowledge when it comes to heat or dolphins you know that next level statistics um and now we have something new that we're looking forward to right our miami dolphin show that we're we're gonna put out post-game dolphin show with a third host that we're adding to the show um our friend my friend your friend martin ortega uh you can find him at tune out on instagram uh this dude is very knowledgeable when it comes to miami dolphins been a dolphins fan his whole life since birth never had a choice in the matter and unlike joel and i who's not really delusional right when it comes to being all in on the dolphins but that doesn't mean that he's not excited and believes in certain aspects of the team so i think we're gonna have a real nice dynamic for these listeners um and these viewers with these upcoming football season that tends to be super exciting for the Dolphins. First of all, don't throw yourself in the delusional <laughs> Dolphin because I will go into the archives and drag your logical and rational ass out. All right? All right. You got me. <clears throat> I am the delusional Dolphin. Okay? That is me. You guys are the skeptics. You can tra trademark. You, you're trademark. more balanced. You might be more skeptic. But, there it is. But, um, yeah, man, I know what you're probably, you know, thinking, oh, you guys are doing going to do a Dolphin show to recap the Dolphins, um, bringing us more content. That's great. But does that mean you're not going to talk about them on the podcast? anymore oh country or my not friend. necessarily so our, our game plan is we, we want to do uh, an immediate reaction you know right after the game where we record you know four or five o'clock right as soon as the game ends basically and then bring you that monday morning so when you're on the way to work if you didn't get a chance to really watch the game you can have an in-depth recap uh right. from us three on the show on the matter but we're not going to be able to fit in. We don't want to give you guys too much. So we're not going to be able to fit in any kind of prediction for the following week or any other updates around the team. So we'll leave that to the podcast. Catch that right here. Yep. Every, every week. Every Tuesday. So you're going to get Dolphins Mondays and Tuesdays, most likely. You know what right. I mean? We're going to talk the Dolphins recap on Monday for you guys. And then Tuesday, you'll hear an analysis and preview for the following week. We're taking the mantle away from the Monday morning quarterback. We're going to go with the Sunday afternoon quarterback. That's going to be us laid back in our, you know, in our spots, whether we do this live together or where we're doing this on zoom um we're like our like joel was saying our main intent for that show is bringing you our immediate reactions right after the game's over so you guys can kind of share exactly what we're feeling and kind of chime in on the youtube by leaving your comments letting us what you guys think and make sure while we're on the subject of youtube and such go on there sports is so so Follow, subscribe, like, comment. Go check out the most yes. recent videos we got out there that are doing great, man. A lot of great feedback. We got an interview with the current middleweight champ for a bare knuckle fighting championship. Frank the Tank. Francesco Ricci. And uh, great, great interview with him. Go check that out. And we yes, also sir. have the championship game for the Thursday night league. Yes, in, sir. Uh, 365 flag football. What a game that was, Hell man. Hell of a game. Hell of an interview, right? Shout out to Frank for giving us the time and the day and the uh, uh, availability right to put a get put together an amazing interview and also that 365 championship game that we have from thursday night league wow all right and now going back to what our dolphins discussion was about we want to talk dolphins uh, we have a conversation with Martin. It's kind of going to be a little bit of a preview to yep. our show, which will remain nameless for the time being. Um, but here's a conversation with Martin recapping the win against the Philadelphia Eagles in the third preseason game. Let's go Dolphins. 
Um, right now, I want to get into some Dolphins, like I said in the intro, and we're going to bring you guys a little different formula what we usually do on Dolphins, right? As you guys heard before, we're kicking off our post-game show, reacting to the Dolphins games every Sunday, where you guys are going to be able to hear that um, immediately after the games. And on Tuesday for the podcast, you'll hear our reactions and previews for the next upcoming game. And right now, joining us for the first time on the podcast is our third co-host of this Dolphin show, my man, Martin. What's up, brother? What's up, man? How you guys doing? We're good, man. We're good. Thank you for joining us on our 100th episode, man. I'm really excited to to give the people what we've been working on, right, behind scenes with this Dolphin yeah. show coming up. It's going to be great, man. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. I appreciate you reaching out, man. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Martin's like us, diehard Dolphins fan. Yes, sir. He's not as delusional as I am. He's a little no. bit more rational, <laughs> like so. Um, but it's a good feel. It's a good fix for this show that we haven't named yet. And that's pretty much the last task that we have to, you know, for this segment that we want to bring to you guys is the name. We've narrowed it down to a couple. So. We, I think we do got the name right, but we're just waiting on the cor correct way to uh, market it so you guys can get that full experience. But... Like Joel said, we've whittled it down and we really feel confident about this team name, but uh, the show name. But let's get into the Dolphins, man. Preseason game number three against the Philadelphia Eagles, one of the best offensive line in the NFL. A really solid defensive line and defensive unit overall. And we saw our first unit go out there and make some plays and actually score a couple of touchdowns. I thought it was a good, impressive game, albeit that nobody was expecting Tua to play, right? Uh, Martin, let's start with you, man. What do you think about the game? So I saw a little highlight you guys put about the tool throw in your angle. And I'm just saying I, any angle you give me, that was to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to start off with it. That was an underthrow. I don't think I don't it care. was an underthrow. Hill made a great play. That was a better catch than it was a pass. But to continue, they ended the drive with a touchdown. Right. So you happy with that. What I'm most happy about is the run game. Well, at least the run scheme I saw. This was the first week that I saw literally our offense structured to run the ball. And Absolutely. that was something we haven't seen in the last couple of years. And even though we've had a good running back in Ajayi in the last or the last five, six years, whatever that was, we've never had a coach really give us what we're seeing out of McDaniel, at least for this week. No, so you let's see. You make an excellent point, man. You know, that's something that I actually brought up to Joel when we went to the game on Saturday. And while we're sitting there waiting for kickoff, I told him, I'm like, man, I'm really looking forward to seeing how our offensive line gels. Even though Armstead didn't play smartly, right? We're both really, all three of us are happy that he didn't play this preseason. But we, we wanted to see some type of chemistry, some type of unity, right, on the offensive line. And the fact that these guys were able to rush for over 100 yards as a team um, with some real nice runs from Moser. We saw uh, Ottman make some really good runs. Um, Gaskin. Gaskin, Gaskin had made a big one that, Haskin, we, that right. we, we got to see. Got cut, and he got a hat on his game. Yeah, man. You know, it looked good. It looked good. As an offensive line and the, off, and the running back game, it's super important that we get, to get it started early on in the season. And I don't know about you, Joel, but I was happy with how it looked also. 
I mean, what's not to be happy about? We won, you know. We went two and one in the preseason, right? Which is like going, you know, zero oh and three in the preseason because it doesn't really <laughs> matter. It's preseason, but it, it was nice, man. It was nice to see Tua, you know, connect with Tyreek. You know, even if some critics, harsh critics out there, are going to say that it was an underthrown ball, you know, to me it looked like a completion. It looked like one of the six completions that Tua had out of the seven attempts that he had for 121 yards and a touchdown. This is all positive, you know, leading indicators going into the first game of the season things that we wanted to see they pulled him out we didn't need to see him play anymore the the interesting thing for me one of my big takeaways from this game aside from the run game which we noted um was the fact that the 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 backup qb race man i mean it's tight it's looking not even it doesn't look so tight anymore man it looks like (laughs) it looks like skylar thompson's like the real deal man i don't know if this is a preseason or what it is but he looks better than than, he looks better than than teddy bridgewater that's for sure what do you think, Martin, about Skylar Thompson's role on this team and his ability to get that second spot from Teddy B? Do you want me to say this as my opinion or as a contributor to the show? Because no, your opinion. Oh, that's cool. what we bring. That's why we brought you into the show so cool. you can give your op- opinions. Cool. Get scared. Get scared. <laughs> you think? You think this? Bro, uh, let's, is he a sixth or seventh round pick? Seventh round pick. Relax, I'm pushing it. I'm pushing, but big time pushing it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta love what you're seeing out of a backup quarterback. I don't care any big facts. The the position that nobody talks about, but is very important to a team as a backup quarterback because you never know what happens to your main guy throughout the year. Either he struggles, either he gets hurt, whatever the case may be. Having a guy to, especially when our team's so solid, like overall, like why would you want to have a great team and then not have someone to come in and just pick up right where he left off. Like that that's what you want at the end of the day. Um so yeah. Mike McDaniel's former team, the 49ers, just restructured uh Jimmy Garoppolo's contract for that exact reason. Right. You know, it's one less thing they got to worry about. They really want got their, you know, their eggs in the tray flowers or Trey Lance basket and uh you know they they got to have a backup so they that's a smart thing and and it's it's true. Now it's nice to have two options, right Martin? Uh, honestly, I'm. I mean, I'll keep all three. I don't care. I, I think I so. As long as, as long as Thompson's there, I'm happy. I think so too, right? Because like, look, let's be honest. Is Thompson really going to be a NFL quality elite quarterback? Probably not, right? Unless something magical happens, and who knows, it can happen, right? But it's not to say that he can't be serviceable. It's not to say that he won't be an asset. It's not to say that he can show something to say, hey, I can be a starter on a bad team, right? The Bengals, uh, old Bengals, right? Browns, those bad teams in NFL, the Jets. And he can possibly be something that is of value to the Dolphins, right? Especially if, like Martin said, there's injuries there, right? Because even Teddy B has his history of injuries, right? So if your backup goes down, you're going to need a quality third string quarterback or vice versa to to really step in there and take care of the the rest of the offense while somebody's out i wanted to ask you guys something real quick because today's it was an important day right we saw the team start to break down the the roster spots a couple of guys got cut or are rumored to be cut um are you guys surprised that a guy like sony michelle is not gonna make it or even like sanu got cut i mean we know that sanu was brought in for that veteran leadership but that that wide receiver room is off the chain so i don't think anybody can really break in there um to be honest i'm not surprised because he might not fit what they were going for at the end of the day we're looking for versatile backs right Michelle's a goal line back at best, I'm not saying he's bad. I, I honestly think he's a good – if somebody gets hurt, he comes in uh, during the season, great. 
But to start the season, he doesn't fit the scheme. Right. You know, I'm not I'm not really surprised. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I hate to, to to be that delusional Dolphin right now, but I'm going to be that delusional Dolphin. <laughs> and man, our running back room and our receivers room looks stacked right now. For yeah. some reason, it just looks so nice on paper. I mean, at running back, you know, we, we brought in Edmonds, who we haven't seen at all. So it's like, hush, hush. We don't even know what this guy's going to do once he gets out there. Right. And but we know he's healthy. We know he's healthy, but we haven't seen him. True. We saw Mostert get two rushes. He had two carries for 29 yards. I mean, that's a 26 yard run with one was one of them. Phenomenal. I think that was the one where he broke back right and he cut it up the the sideline and stuff. Uh, he looked good. The speed's still there. He looks healthy. Gaskin looked good too. He had six carries, 39 yards, which we kind of talked about. He might have been the fringe guy, right? He might have been the guy on the outside looking in. But after the, a performance like this, we see that it was Sony Michelle. To your credit, you know, to your point, he, he Gaskin fits more of that scheme. He's more of that pass catching back. He is explosive. Can find the hole. Uh, he could play more of that receiver role, you know, kind of like a Debo Samuel or whatnot. So it, it, obviously not as big, but he can he can kind of get around and, and, and make those plays. So we got we got competition now running back, and then we know what we have at receivers, right? With Tyreek and with Waddle, but we also got guys like Lynn Bowden Jr. and Easy Money that are tearing it up, bro. I mean, not to mention Cedric Wilson, right? Like he, he's the beast. most slept on wide receiver right now, probably in the entire NFL, because that guy is obviously versatile. He can obviously produce. And he's just going to be able to take advantage of so many mismatches throughout the season that even if Tua can't throw 80-yard bombs, as long as he can find his receivers and give them the tools and the space to, hey, go out there and make a play, kid, break a tackle, shit, that's all we really want from a, a quarterback, right? Um, you know, we added to the team on the defensive end today, uh, I believe we signed, uh, what's the dude from? Trey uh, Flowers. Trey former, Flowers. Former New England Patriot and, and Chicago Detroit, Bear. Detroit Lion. Man. Detroit Lion. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about the move? I feel like every time we add somebody to the, the offensive line, it just, you know, makes me think of the type of quarterbacks that we're going to go after, right? Hard to bring down, hard to bring down guys, big quarterbacks. Uh, Allen, guys like Mahomes. Uh, we play a lot of tough quarterbacks this year. I feel like the defense is getting improved to be able to handle that. What do you guys think about that pickup today? To be honest, I I love it a hundred percent. No, Fire. that was no no doubt a good a good pickup. Another thing, I feel like coming from the 49ers where their D line was literally the reason why that team that that defense was so nasty before. I feel like you can't have enough pass rushers on this team. For so sure. injuries happen. Uh, Phillips has a past history of being injured. Obviously, it's only been one year in the NFL, but in college, he was always hurt. And then we have guys that are coming up that, that are still not solidified, but they're looking nice. So I, I, I'm, I'm happy with that. Any, any additional D line, I'll be happy. I just wish we had the depth at corner. Yeah, but at least we saw Nabi make a good play on Saturday, right? He was on that one and one on one. Hey, but imagine he gets burned for that fifty yard touchdown. You know what I mean? Like. That could be way worse. I just feel like he needs to step it up instead of us finding a solution, right? It's going to be hard for us to find a cornerback right now. Now, granted, a lot of guys are getting cut right now because of um, salary re salary reasons, right? Which could benefit the Dolphins in some way if somebody who's a high earner in that department gets cut. Maybe the Dolphins have a little bit of room in the with the salary cap and can afford a guy like that in that position, but. We got to roll with what we have, right? We got to hope that Byron Jones comes back healthy. We got to hope that uh, Noah, 
you know, finally picks up his head and figures it out. And that Needham, uh, Nick Needham. Oh, my goodness. Plays I'm glad a, you mentioned this name. I right hope here, that man. dude plays enough, you know, because I feel like he's super versatile. Man, Nick and we Needham, need guys like that. Nick Needham upset me. So why? On the game on Saturday, man. Oh, he was dog. getting dogged. Yeah, he got dogged out by the play. second string of the Eagles, bro. I was like, this is not Nick Needham. What's going on right now? Who put on this man's jersey right now? Eh, but, you know, a lot of it has to do with who's out there with him. I guess, you know? man, but shit, that did not look good. That that was the one thing that I did take away from that game on the defensive side. Where I was like, I don't know what's going on there. But we did have a pick six, yes. and that was a, a nice, exciting play to have right there. It was super dope to see that, man. And um, believe it or not, it was a good crowd on Saturday, man. I didn't think that there were going to be so many fans in the stadium, albeit because it was the last preseason game. Wasn't sure who was going to play, but the ovation the starting lineup got when these guys hit the field and Tua got out there was pretty loud, man, for a preseason game. And I was kind of taken aback by that, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, Martin, let's let's get into the season starting, right? Week one. We got a big game, an AFC team. We're playing at home, right? It's the Patriots. That's it's, all that matters. It's the Patriots. I know. No Tom Brady. Mac Jones has not looked great in preseason. A lot of people have always hyped him up over Tua. I've never been a believer in Mac Jones, and now he's finally making a believer of me, right, being that he's not the guy. What do you think is the outcome of that game? How do you think we're going to attack him, and do you predict the Dolphins' victory? Um, to be honest, uh, I yes, I do believe we will, will win that game. I feel like the way to win that game will be running the ball. Mm. It won't be passing the ball. Uh, you're going to have Hill and you're going to have Waddle open up the game, open up the run game for us a lot. We're going to see something we haven't seen in a very long time. Having that threat of a deep pass, any play is going to, even if it's a, a short pass, it's going to open up run to pass. It's going to be, I, I'm, that's what I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see a, an O-line gel together, hopefully, um, along with, you know, Tua, hopefully getting it together with Waddle and, and Hill. That, and I, yes, I do believe we will win that game. Nice. What about you, Joel? Same questions. Say less, bro. I mean, I'm going to win, bro. I'm going to win. The Dolphins This guy has the win. Dolphins going undefeated, y'all. I'm, I'm being real. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm giving you I'm, my, my I'm going to, I know you are. I know you are. And, and then for the, you know, for the sake of the show, you know, we can expect some <laughs> level-headed picks from these guys where they might not always take the Dolphins week to week in their predictions, but I'm, I'm taking the Dolphins for sure pretty much every week. Uh, <laughs> and I'm taking them week one against the New England Patriots, man. I mean, I, I think we, we've had... Uh, their number historically, I mean, even when they had Brady, we always managed to pull out weird wins and, and kind of get a dub when we weren't supposed to. Yeah. Uh, and with this much momentum that we have right now, you know, that this unit offensively, defensively, special teams and coaching that we have, man, I think that this is all a recipe for a week one victory. I think so, too. Um, I feel like we are the better team between the two teams, right? Like, offensively, we're head and shoulders of, uh, above these guys, right? Like, our offensive weapons, whether it be running back or wide receivers, tight ends, or even our fullback, right? And even our quarterback, we match up extremely better than they do. And on the defensive side, I just believe in our guys playing in the same scheme for essentially their third and fourth year for most of these guys. Um it's going to be interesting how consistent these guys are. We're going to, I, I predict a lot of three and outs. You know, you're going to see the Patriots struggle to move the ball against this defense because I really believe they're going to be a top 10 defense this year. Um, I guess we got the, we got a Dolphin sweep for week one, right? Uh, obviously, you guys are going to be able to tune into the post game show where Martin will be joining us. Like I said, uh, obviously, it's going to be a lot more canter. We'll be a lot looser, right? Because it might have some afternoon drinking with football. You never know. 
But we're going to have a great time, and I think this Dolphin season is going to be very interesting. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, uh, honestly, we're, there's a lot of things that haven't happened yet that I think might shake up the season as well. Mm. Tiki, that rumor that he's still supposedly getting traded. McDaniel said it was a rumor only. That, I think, would change a lot uh, because we don't know what we're looking to get in return. That right. That's the biggest thing. I feel like, yeah, Smythe has, it looks like he has tight end one, tight, um, tight down. Locked in. Uh, but to me, I don't see how you keep a guy like Gesicki off the field. Our defense, I'm excited to see. I've been a fan of the defense before everybody jumped on the bandwagon of the defense. And you, you all your, your followers or know who, you know who you're, who I'm talking about soon. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> but, Let them yeah, know, cuz. I'm excited for that defense, man. Not, that to me is going to be the reason why. We're gonna excel. Now I don't. Although yes, our offense has the pieces. I think the defense at the end of the day is gonna be the reason why we're gonna be a force to reckon. I agree, Joel. I got nothing else, man. I'm excited for this Dolphins show, and I'm excited for the Dolphins season, man. It's going to be great, bro. We can't wait to bring it to you guys here on Sports with Social Podcast. We're also going to bring it to you on the post-game show, like I said. And uh, make sure to tune in. YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribing, commenting, leaving likes. That's how we're going to get you guys on the algorithm of Sports with Social. Martin, thank you so much, brother, again, for joining us here, man. We can't wait to see you Sunday and do this all over again for the people. Oh, yeah. No, no, we'll, we'll be here. And just a prediction. Okay. Whatever. I'll be crazy. Call Throw it crazy. out there. Phillips will be top three in the running for defensive player of the year. Done. From the U. Wow. Damn. All right, Martin, I like that shit. And let me tell you why you're not crazy. Let me tell you why you're not crazy. Because, A, he's shown a lot of maturity since he's hit the NFL. And if he can match that maturity with his physical attributes and his work ethic, he can be a freaking problem. Just like Greg Russo is for Buffalo, he can be as good, if not better. So I can see that, bro. I can see that big time. Holland, Holland will be there too, but I think because of our defense and the way it's structured, our line is going to get Philip is going to get the shine. They're going to get the shine. I, I'm with you, dog, 100%. I'm with you. Bueno, doggy, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it, dog. We'll catch up soon. And uh, go Dolphins. Fins up, baby. Illusional Dolphins, but whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, brother. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Um, Joel, let's get into the rest of this podcast here, right. man. We're going to take a little break, and we'll join you guys right back. Man, shout out to Martin for joining us. Uh, like I said, a knowledgeable fan, right? Very, uh, I don't want to say skeptical, but he's borderline that line, right? And I'm more in the middle. You're that delusional Dolphin fan. This show is going to be off the chain. You know what? You know, uh, the way... Uh, I'm going to describe him. I'm going to describe him as the skeptic. Okay. Or if not, he's going to be the jaded one. All right. It just kind of, maybe both, because it just kind of seems that way. He seems like all of us. You know, you've been yeah. hurt time and time again by the Dolphins. But, you know, he, he's still excited, man, for week one, as we all are. Yeah, dude. How It's hard to be not excited for this team right now with all the positive things that we have going on. And, you know, with that first matchup of the season against an AFC East rival in the Patriots, like, we got to be beyond excited for football season this year, man. It's oh, going to yeah. be great, bro. And we got to break that down next week. We're going to get a little bit more in-depth. Hopefully, we can get him back on the line yes, uh, so we can give you guys a full preview for that Patriots game. You yes, know, who's in, who's out. If we've made any new additions, who's going to be playing DB. And we'll <laughs> know who got cut, any injuries that might have happened, and any signings that might have potentially happened yep. as well. So, we're looking forward to that. Um, something else we're looking forward to, brother, the... Miami Hurricanes football season kicking off September 3rd. That's this Saturday mm. against Bethune-Cookman mm. at home. 
And what I'm, time? Uh, it's at 3 p.m., right? 3.30. 3.30 kickoff. The coverage starts at 3. You can listen to the pregame on WQAM 560 because that pregame is the best in the nation. And guess who's the producer of that Let show? Let me take a wild guess. Go ahead. I'll wait. Is it Victor Bermudez? It's Victor Bermudez. <laughs> yes, the best in the business. The best in the land. Um, so if you want to get unprecedented knowledge, um, insight, insight, who's starting, who's not starting, Vic and his team are going to be bringing it to you. Joe Zagaki and their company um, been doing it forever. Real consummate professionals. Like I said, best pregame uh, for college sports or any sport in, in the nation. Um, this game is very interesting. You know, a lot of people have high expectations for this uh, Hurricanes team since Mario Cristobal has joined them and taken over as the head coach. We've seen a lot of great hires in the coaching staff. We've seen a lot of kids come in on the on the transfer portal. We saw kids come back from injuries who didn't decide to go to the NFL or something like that because they wanted to be a part of this team this year. And now we've seen the emergence of a real quarterback here, which to the likes that we haven't seen since Ken Dorsey or probably even before that in Tyler Van Dyke. Yo, but it's so wild. So if it's, you think if you think literally this time last year, right? Okay, let's think back right now. So right now. We're getting excited for the Mario Cristobal era. Yeah. Tyler Van Dyke at the helm. One year ago today, we were doing this show. We might have been around episode, uh, you know, <laughs> what, like 50 four, something. 50 something, right? right? Right around there. And it was the, the Eric King show. Do you remember this, bro? Yeah, it bro. feels like so long ago, right? Yeah. With Manny Diaz and the turnover chain. And, and, and it just feels like that is so long ago. <laughs> it feels like we've we've been in the Mario Cristobal era for a decade already and we haven't even played one game. No, I mean that's just a testament to how hard he's worked to get this program back into the national spotlight, right? Where not only the local media is covering it, right? Guys like you and I, but where ESPN and Sports Illustrated and, you know, uh, Bleach Report, name all any one of these high-powered uh sports networks they're paying attention to what's happening down here in South Miami, more specifically Coral Gables, Florida. What, what Cristobal has been able to do to turn around the team to get them back into that spotlight is not easy. That's not easy to do because you have to hit on recruiting. You have to make sure that your recruiting class is, you know, to par with the likes of Alabama, um, you know, Texas A&M, teams that are Georgia, you know, teams that are winning things and being in a position to win uh, college playoff games and ultimately play for – the championship. Crystal ball is turning the light where it's something is really happening down here and everybody else is taking notice. And it's wild that he's done it in such a short time. Um, going back to what you said with Manny Diaz and, and Derek King, like we were hyped about it, but we kind of knew that Manny didn't really have it. Right. That, well, that there was one shoe was off. Right. One shoe was off already. And it was that we saw leaks and holes in the offense and defense. To, to quote the great Joey Diaz, he had <laughs> one foot in the grave and one on a banana peel. Exactly. You and, know, and that's what we saw transpire. And that's how it worked, because as soon as the Eric King went down, everything well, fell apart. Well, it, it kind of did, but it led to the emergence of a Tyler Van Dyke. Bingo. And then he was able to somewhat salvage the season. Kind of came back, but the big one that really came back to bite him in the ass was FSU. Yes, losing that game was the definitely was, the straw that, that broke that was, the camel's back. That was the nail in the coffin. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree with you. Because of Tyler Van Dyke's emergence, right, where we saw it and it was like, damn, this kid, this kid might be the real deal. And then by his third game, we're like, holy shit, this guy is the real deal. This guy's thrown for 400-plus yards every single game. 
this guy's the real deal. Whether we win yep. or lost, won or lost that game, it didn't matter. Tyler Van Dyke's performance was going to be there. Correct. Now this year with Cristobal, I feel like everybody's really bought in and it's kind of proven how the offensive line gels under a guy like him because he's an offensive line guy, obviously. But that in itself is going to allow for the running backs to make a lot of plays this year ease the ability you know the burden on tyler van dyke where he has more time to throw when he does those play actions because the defense has to bite on any one of the running backs doing it and he can find an open receiver because right now like like we're gonna get into a little bit later with our special guest um he noted that the wide receiver department is not necessarily as strong as it was last year right we have guys there like um Keyshawn smith who's uh has a high expectations right coming in we also have xavier restrepo probably the most consistent receiver that we have even though he's not the biggest or the fastest or the strongest he's our most consistent wide receiver and he's shown that year in year out um we have a guy like brashard smith who's coming up uh, jacoby george um romelio brimson all these wide receivers have to kind of step up this year and make a name for themselves right because when when you have a quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke, you know you're going to get the ball. You know you're going to get an opportunity to make a play. Are they going to be able to do it? I trust more in the running backs being able to do that, right? Um, Jalen Knighton, I've seen him break runs left and right. Parrish, I've seen him break runs for 40 yards and a touchdown. We've seen Chaney Jr. come in and spell both of those guys and have a great season until he got hurt. And now he's coming back. And we have a freshman, Franklin Jr. We have enough spots. And I, I'm, I'm confident in the running backs. Confident in the offensive line, um, I'm hoping that the wide receivers can make it happen for Tyler Van Dyke. I feel like <clears throat> just based off of what we saw last year, I think Tyler Van Dyke's going to be okay. I yeah. think he might be uh, a quarterback, especially at this level right now, where it's not a you know the professional atmosphere, still college, where you're going to have games where you're going to have inferior opponents week to week. Um, and he's going to be able to pick them apart and make any receiver look good just because of how good Tyler Van Dyke is, right? True. He's going to elevate those guys around them. Just run your route. I'm going to put the ball where it needs right to be. Right in the numbers. Catch that. Hold on to you it, You know what I'm saying? But, you know, you, you kind of talked a lot of confidence around the running back room. And, frankly, you know, even though we've seen flashes from a couple of these guys, I'm not confident that any of these guys has what it takes to be great. Mm. And why do I say that? Because, yeah, you can be good and we can win games. Right. But historically, so the Miami Hurricanes true. have had great running backs. Very true. Granted, the last 10 years, we haven't really put out anything phenomenal. I think that our best claim, you know, is Duke Johnson, maybe. Yeah. Solid pro in the NFL. Solid pro. You know what I mean? Hasn't been I mean, an out, not great. Not an outstanding, <laughs> you know, running back, you know, by any means, but he's been solid and he's been consistent and he's been a, a stand-up professional. S serviceable running back, a consummate professional in the NFL, and that's more than enough Which, to be. It just reflects back on the U. Correct. It's a great running back, you know, to have that somebody that, that, that was able to, you know, do that and still performing at a high level. And, but you think back historically you're you know you're and even Portis, he, you're willis mcgahee you're frank gores that's what i was gonna say like even a guy like duke johnson for the for the good that he did as a hurricane it doesn't stand up to those names that you were dropping um i kind of disagree with you right i believe that the running backs do have that talent it's their durability mm. that i can question right because we saw these guys injuries get hurt and it's like damn dude you're on fire you yeah. could have had a thousand yards this season and then you end up getting hurt now sometimes it's not your fault freak accidents happen sometimes you take you get a bad hit somebody hits you in the wrong spot at the wrong time and boom okay that can happen but durability is a real key factor for a lot of those guys right like um uh 
what's this dude name with uh with the with with no cartilage in his knees and now he was out there breaking records uh McGahey, you know getting getting drafted by the bills even though he wasn't you know had a lot of questions about him everything that he did as a college as a pro stood out for him right hit the nfl and was able to be a really good serviceable running back like we saw until he got injured again but his durability, right, to play week in, week out as a hurricane stood out. Um, what's this other dude? The dude that went to the 49ers. Oh, Frank Gore, another dude who yeah. was able to we be know, we durable. We know what Mr. Football was edge. able to do. And now he's boxing. Right. He's knocking mother... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The way that he was able to look at that, right, and really... I, I, what I'm trying to say is like those great guys, their main thing was durability. Be on the field and have the ability to go out there and play every single game and give yourself a chance to make those plays. Cheney is explosive. I, I know that he's explosive, right? We've seen him bust open runs multiple times. Um, who's the other guy I mentioned? Uh, Knighton, Jalen Knighton. I've seen that guy run around a bunch of times and break runs left and right. He can do it. Both of those guys are explosive and both of those guys can stand out. Can they last can they play a full season stay healthy let me ask you this i mean that approach that we've had i mean we've always had a running back by committee approach yeah and we've always been able to deliver on the volume yeah which helps on that commit you know back by committee when you're when you're giving these guys a lot of touches to kind of get a rhythm get a groove hey you're gonna get the first few the first drive then i'm gonna bring you in in the second quarter you know game plan and but they get a flow on the field for the game um with tyler van dyke and the fact that he is a phenom with a cannon for True. an arm. Do we expect this to be more of a run-heavy offense or pass-heavy offense? I expect it to be a more run-heavy offense, and here's why. Because they are gonna tr- they have to use the run to set up the pass. Because what you don't want is Tyler Van Dyke to throw 30 to 40 times a game in order to get 500 yards and have four touchdowns with two interceptions. That's what you don't want, right? What you rather have is... Tyler Van Dyke be between 20 to 30 throws a game, right? Where he can still put up 400 yards because he's hitting bombs, right? Guys are wide open. They can take it to the house, X, Y, Z. But more importantly, we're getting 30 attempts from the running backs. And we're controlling the pace of the clock. We're controlling the pace of the game. We're controlling the ground game. And we're being able to feed these guys to produce and have those four yards plus uh, yards per carry average, right? And that'll ultimately lead to the success. If you can run the ball and show that these guys can run the ball, then Tyler can do that play action and find guys all day, right? Or even sit in the shock and then feel like, okay, I can hand this off at any time. And really put the defense on on a, on the tough position. So that's why I really think that those guys can step up. You know, if, if the running backs can do their thing, I can see us being more run-oriented. I don't want to be the team that throws 50 times a game. Even though we have a guy who can do it, you got to save those type of shootout games. You don't want that in week in, week out. You want to save that against, you know, against the Alabama, Texas A&M when we play them. That's what you want to save those type of performances for, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. You know, and it, it also bodes well for the team. I'm sure if we run the ball and can run the ball and dominate the, the team on the ground, shit, that just sounds like we can run the game, run the entire game, right? Where we'll have the advantage throwing it and running it. Makes it easier to win football games like that. And I think that this schedule that we have this year is very favorable, right? For us to not only win the ACC division, the Coastal, right? And get into the ACC championship game, which we haven't done in forever. But ultimately, 
you know, really build a nucleus that we can use for next year, right? Because if Tyler Van Dyke leaves, we still have a guy in the wings that can, uh, Jake Garcia, who can really throw the ball and is really, really good. Some people say as good as Tyler Van Dyke. Just so happens that Tyler Van Dyke happens to be um, projected to be a first-round quarterback next year. So that's the that's the bar. You know, that's where we're at in that quarterback room. All right, I got a question for you. Hit me. First uh, five games, we got Bethune-Cookman, we got Southern Missouri, um, Texas A&M. We got Texas A&M, Middle Tennessee State, and North Carolina. 4-1. and one. Who are you the most worried about and why? Who's it's the Texas one? A&M because, A, we're going on the road, right, where this is going to be a new challenge for Crystal Ball and his squad, right, to get these guys mentally ready to go play in front of 100,000-plus people because that game is going to be at the Cowboys Stadium. And Texas A&M, I'm sure, is going to pack it. You know, we might have that one little section of orange and green, Right, but the rest of that is going to be pretty much Texas A&M football. So it's going to be a real hostile environment, a real tough place for for a bunch of these kids to go out there and and perform. Can they do it? Maybe not. Maybe they can't pull that upset off. But I was telling a coworker today, I expect them to be in the game. I expect them to be really in the game, not be down by three, four touchdowns, be down maybe ten points here and there, maybe have a lead for uh, you know a couple of minutes of, by a field goal or whatever. But show that we can hang with those type of guys. Maybe we can't beat them right now, but we can hang. That's my main thing. Stay in that game. I think we can be 4-1 to start the season. That's And that's not bad, bro. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. That's really, really good for this team and in, in the transition mode that, that we're in, right? Like, imagine this team only loses two games all year. What's that going to do for next year in Crystal Ball, right? And, like, everything else that we have with the Class of 23 um got coming in looking to be amazing full of four and five star recruits we see us in the top 10 when it comes to that 2023 class so that's just building right even if we take two losses we beat fsu this year which is obviously huge for us get into a, a championship game against a clemson man that's what, be I, interesting. that's what i was gonna say is gonna be i mean it's not gonna be something that if he if he if it does happen he's out obviously because right. we got a lot more invested in in, in in it than just one season but fsu is that FSU game? That's that you game. Know what I mean, well, we got to see how the rest of the season plays out. You know, where <laughs> if is that going to be a meaningful game? I would think it is. Always for us, meaningful. it's going to be Always. you know meaningful. Um, it's a rivalry, and and you know we could be. That's later on in the season. We could be in a position where it's like, okay, every game matters now, and then now they're just trying to take that from us. Listen, that can so, be that could be a game. It's obviously going to be meaningful because of the the opponent, right? But that can also be a game that launches us into the ACT, ACC correct, championship, correct? Game, right. Not only that, thinking even more down the line with all this crazy shit happening between the networks, right? What if we look good and the SEC comes calling and says, hey, Miami, we think you're ready for big time and we want you to come instead of FSU, who might be on the way down, right? Or maybe we get into the Big 12 or, you know, something like that. We have to put on good performances when we're on the national spotlight. The Texas A&M game is one of them. The potential, the game against FSU is another one. One of the last primetime games that we had, I think, was was it the season opener last yeah. year? Yeah, and we got mollywopped. Oh, was it a Thursday night Alabama. game or something like that? No, it was like Alabama? an afternoon game on Saturday or Thursday. And we, and we played Alabama. last year yeah. or the year before? Last year, we yeah. got spanked. That was bad. I remember it, bro. I wanted, we were at a pool party at Steve's. We were chilling. And I was like, you know what, bro? I think I'm ready to go at halftime. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to go because, you know, the game was over. But I don't think that's that's the case for this year, man. And um, I'm really excited for this hurricane season. I know that you and I are probably going to make our way out there to a couple of games. Obviously, we got we're, to. 
No, for sure, bro. You know what time it is. Obviously, we're going to do something for the FSU game. Yo, real quick, before we throw it over to, uh, you know, one the of special our favorite guests, um, the talks about the stadium, you know, kind of keeps moving a little bit about the rumor. Keeps what do you think about that, bro? Well, I think it's just all rumors. I think it's all just rumors and speculation, people that kind of want this to happen and are hoping right. that, like, you know, somebody of importance sees it and goes, you know what, I have the money to do this. Let me do it. Um, but I, I know people that, you know, work in the city. I got a friend who's, you know, family works in the city. Or whatever, that, like, little insider information. Yeah, here, and folks. basically, long story short, it's like that's not happening at Tropical Park. I told you, that's not happening. And I remember, and there's not enough private land anywhere else for you to do something like that. So, um, it's for me the the whole thing about the stadium is always going to be around. Can they put it on the campus? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be able to buy out enough houses, enough property in that area to put it on the campus? Because if not, it's not going to make sense to anybody else. Like we've talked about before on the podcast, their best hope was that Miami Marlins Stadium. That was their best hope to say, hey, let's knock it down and let's renovate it, but leave us here. That was their best hope because people had that um, that connection to it. People were willing to drive to it. If you would have made it nicer, all this stuff. That was their hope. Didn't happen. They're never going to find a spot. Not down here, man. The, 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 the price of land is too high. And I don't think that there's a real commitment from these insiders who have this money or whoever's the booster, I don't think they have enough money to go out there and spend, let's say, $2 billion on land and renovation. Because that's what it'll cost. It'll be billions of dollars here, bro. Yeah, like we saw, sure. what, we saw what happened with Mel Reese, right? And, that, and how that project went about and how high and what hap- had to happen in order for somebody to get that land. Like the, the hurricanes are going to have to jump through hoops and battles because they're a private organization, a private school. It's not a, this is not a state school, so yeah. they're going to be on a bigger mission. Man, honestly, though, I mean, the Hard Rock Stadium is not a bad venue. It's beautiful. It's a dude, professional we were, we stadium. Were just there, and it was awesome. I mean, yeah, it sucks that it's not close to campus and all that, but at the same time, there's no baseball there anymore. Right, so it's so all it's football. Just a pure football stadium. It's grass. It's good grass. You know what I mean. It's not a, a bad a seat in the house. You get to, you know, as the Miami Hurricanes, there's not. It's not just people in Miami Dade County that are fans. You got people all through the tri-state area, or the tri- tri-county area, I should say, that are fans of the Hurricanes. And being, you know, at the Hard Rock Stadium kind of gives them a little bit better for, access to them. For sure, bro. We have fans in West Palm Beach all the way down right. to freaking the right. Keys. That's you my know? point. So. It makes sense to have it in that area. It's a professional stadium. They obviously it's super nice. They renovated it. All the facilities around there are up to date and brand new. So like, why not just stay there? Right. You know. Now in ten years when the lease is up, we can talk. Twenty, I think thirty three or thirty two is when the lease is up for the hurricanes. Sure. Five years before that, talk to me about getting some land and, and we see if we come up with three billion dollars. I guess around that time at the price that the the land is going up to now, man. I just don't see it happening. If, yeah. if it if not, it would have happened by now. Right. Right. But um, it's time to throw it to our special guest for this interview that we're gonna do. Uh, obviously, we're keeping the topic on the hurricanes, and we're joined by a very special guest to myself and Joel. His name is Victor Bermudez. He's the producer, executive producer of WQAM um, post and pregame coverage of Miami Hurricanes football. Also the one of the producers of Telemundo, all the boxing events for Telemundo Deportes. Um, he's a friend of mine since forever. Obviously, he's been influential when it comes to our podcast, and we're bringing you the episode, his interview right now. 
Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy Soso, and it's the 100th episode, and we have now our very first guest joining us for this momentum, uh, momentum, uh, momentous occasion. Sheesh, I couldn't get that word out. Victor Bermudez, friend of the program, so many accolades, I can't even get through them all in the amount of time that we have. But uh, Vic, brother, what's going on, man? It's good to see you. Chilling, man. Um, what, what a first and foremost, congratulations. Thank you. I, I know that's a big milestone, and um. You know, kudos to you, to Joel, um, for everything you guys done. I told you, man, from day one, just keep grinding um, and, and not giving up is the biggest battle. Yes, sir. Because um, you, you're going to come through some things and, and go through certain things that will, you know, they just show up and, and it's sometimes it's easier to quit than, than stay the course. So congratulations on your 100th episode. Appreciate it, it man. It's an honor to be back here with you guys and an honor to have been your first guest and to be here celebrating 100 with you guys so truly appreciate it and congratulations no man thank you the honor is truly ours man um we can't tell you what it's meant to have your not only your support through all this and uh your back you, you know people don't know but you're giving us uh feedback behind the scenes and letting us know what <laughs> your producer mind sees when we're putting in work and uh all of that stuff is helping us get to the next level vic and we can't thank you enough bro because we see you getting to the next level and all these great things that you're doing bro and uh it just makes us go for it even more so um um, let's let's get to the to the beans and the meat here, right? Hurricane seasons coming up, starting September third uh, against Bethune Cookman. We know that that's just a couple of practice games before the real test in Texas A and M and out there in Texas. What are your feeling on the uh, your feelings on the hurricane season? And name me a couple of things that the normal hurricane fan can really look out for for this team that's led by Mario Cristobal. Obviously excited excited with the biggest change the commitment the university has made to the program the football program athletics as a whole to be honest uh, so that first and foremost that's exciting the addition of mario cristobal that's the big the big addition this season and that's what you should be mostly excited about facts and the, the coaching staff you've seen it from day one Amazing. And, and i know the way it It'll sound coming across, you know, from myself, someone who's involved with the program as executive producer of the Miami Hurricanes Radio Network on 560 WQAM and having best pregame. Hold on. Best pregame show in the nation. And I'm not just saying that you can ask Tim Reynolds. You can ask whoever you want to ask. Go check it out on Twitter. And the facts are there. Please continue. I I, I will say this, man. Um, I take pride in that. And and I don't you know, when, when folks say that, I, I do take pride in that because I study the other pregames. I, right. I study ACC pregames. I, I listen to Gene Deckroff on, on their flagship station. I listen to Clemson. I listen to Alabama. I, I listen all over the country. And, you know, you try to get some ideas from, from what you hear. And um, I will say this, man, it, it's not, you know, it, it's not arrogance. It's just I'm willing to put Hard my work. pregame up against anyone in the country. And when I do go in the broadcast booth and I do see these other pregames and, and other programs and they give the recognition to us and they, you know, congratulate Joseph Gacking, Don Bailey Jr. on all, all of our success and, and what we do as far as the broadcast. So I, I don't take that lightly, man. And, and I do take pride in that. I, I do, and I am willing to put my pregame, my, my broadcast as a whole, 12 plus hours of, of Miami Hurricanes radio on, on game day up against anyone in the country. So I, I appreciate that. It, it does mean a lot. But Absolutely, brother. Getting back to the, the team, Mario Cristobal, what he's done with this team from, again, like I, as I started to mention in December, from just the moment he gets off that riser and, and that podium, it was recruiting. It was, I, I was 
you know, privileged enough to, to hear some recruiting conversations with him and his staff. And I was just blown away because you hear of the, the relentless work ethic that Mario Cristobal comes with. And we, you know, to, to us, it seems the, the norm because us here in Miami, I think we all share that same type of work ethic. Right. At least I know I do. But when you see it firsthand from, from Mario Cristobal, his coaching staff, and what he demands of those around him, you understand why he's had success everywhere he goes. Um, I'll never forget the success he had at FIU and right. playing Louisville on, on a Thursday night and what he uh, Thursday night rather and what he did with T.Y. Hilton. So what he did at Alabama, becoming the number one recruiter in the nation, then other success he had at Oregon. Uh, Justin Herbert was under his tutelage. So th there's quite a few guys from Oregon that that had found success now in the pros. Uh, thanks to Mario Cristobal, and I think we're seeing that. So that's first and foremost. That's the obvious. Great point, man, because if you think about it, look at the talent that has come out of it. You mentioned uh, the quarterback, but even for Miami Dolphin fans, we see it in the safety, Javon Holland, a beast, yeah. second-year yeah. second player who's going to make a huge impact for this Dolphins defense. Um, what's another thing that the, these guys can look forward to? Something, look, I, I don't sugarcoat things. Uh, if you listen to my broadcast, I we tell it how it is, and, and one thing that's I think will be surprising to most is the, the I don't want to say lack because we do have some depth there, but the inconsistent play at wide receiver mm, at the moment. Interesting. Um, I'm a big fan of Xavier Restrepo, huge fan of his. Uh, my family's huge fans of his. He's been the most reliable and he's been the most consistent. Yep. But what what I was anticipating this year for Tyler Van Dyke is a Heisman type beer. Uh, first round pick and you know right now he's going into the the season leading all quarterbacks with the most yep. 300 yard passing games I believe is at six so he's heading into the year with that I don't anticipate him throwing for 300 yards against Bethune Cookman I don't think there'll be enough playing time <laughs> but uh, he's going to need a lot of help and and in the years past we saw that from transfers from what the wide receiver position correct uh, we saw that with Rambo last year Rambo was his most reliable weapon Mike Harley a fifth year senior Last year helped them out a ton. Made um, big I'm yeah, I'm worried a bit uh, about that wide receiver position and, and what we'll see from them. Uh, a bright spot is the offensive line play. I, I know it's, you know, yes. it sounds with, with Mario Cristobal coming on hand and then Alex Mirabal, you expect that to be a huge improvement, but I am hearing great things. And, and from the little I've seen so far, now that I'm back in, 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 in practices and getting able to see some of the, the guys, I'm extremely impressed with what I'm seeing on the offensive line play. Granted, Mario Cristobal, former offensive lineman at the University of Miami, uh, national championship winning offensive lineman and all the success he's had as a coach with offensive lines. Uh, the running game, I think it's back to power football for the Miami Hurricanes. I think we're going into the year expecting, you know, a gun, uh, run and gun and air assault from Tyler Van Dyke because of all the success he'd had last year through the air. I, I truly anticipate a not, I wouldn't want to, necessarily say ground and pound but i think we're gonna see a lot of um a running game as opposed to maybe just you know big plays from from the quarterback and the wide receiver position i totally anticipate the running backs to to run behind that big offensive line improved offensive line and and i can't say enough about the secondary i love our secondary Fire. i mean you got some hitters and a lot of experience strikers. and yeah. a lot of experience there they, they come with some experience having played a lot last year and I totally anticipate those strikers and guys that look, I, let's tone down the, the, 
um, targeting calls a bit. Uh, I necessarily didn't agree with a lot of those, but Amari Carter is no longer on the team. So <laughs> we can anticipate a, a lot of those being removed, but um, big, big plays from the secondary, including awesome. um, Blade. So w- w- we'll see what that defense, you know, there, there's question marks at the linebacker position, D-line, but totally anticipate the secondary to, to have a monster year, running backs to, to for, perform well and offensive line as well. I'm worried about the the wide receiver position along with linebacker and defensive line. Well, if you think about it, those are the two areas, right, where, yeah, there's not a lot of depth, but there's not a lot of experience, right? We're relying on a lot of younger guys, especially in that wide receiver department, right? A lot of hype behind those kids. Um, That kid, uh, Brandon, uh, he's been making a name for himself in a couple of practices, but it's one thing to do it in practice and another thing to do it against FSU, you know what I mean? And do it against, you know, on a third and long where we need it, you know, and not really against Bethune-Cookman. The good thing is that these guys are going to be able to really make the most out of it because they have such a good quarterback throwing it to them, right? And if the offensive line delivers as it's shown and it is definitely going to live up to that promise, then Tyler will have the time to throw and find these guys and hopefully put them in an advantageous position where they can ultimately make some plays. Um, something that you mentioned on the defense, Blades. Uh, he he seems to be the clear cut leader on that defense. Not really a raw raw guy, but when he talks, like it means something. You know, he has that heritage of Miami football, and he really knows what it means. Um, you, I know you know him well. Give me sixty seconds on on what Blades brings to this team as a whole. His veteranship, just the fact that, that he's been through adversity, having suffered some some injuries, some setbacks. I think he he's someone you could rely on to to not as you mentioned, not raw raw guys, but you know keep guys together. And and having been through adversity himself in numerous occasions, I think he provides something to that defense that um maybe we haven't seen in the past. It's been a young defense yeah. at times, and you know the guys have have left early. Gregory Russo sat out that that COVID year. He left early. Jalen hey, Phillips wasn't here for too too long. So I think you have now. And the, on the defense, you know, and, and you had that with some of the, the linebackers, you know, remember Zachary McLeod was got drafted by the Vikings. He was here, but he wasn't that type of uh, vocal leadership uh, type of guy. Um, Shaq Quarterman, he was not vocal at all. Right. He was a, a hard nosed linebacker and made plays, but he just wasn't the vocal type. And then when he did speak out, um, it was like out of nowhere. So so folks, um, not that they didn't, you know, pay attention to it or, or, or listen to it. It was just different. Blades comes from from a different era. From understands, you know, from, from the same genre um, that that Mario Cristobal comes from. You know, right. guys that that were born here, played here, um, are now playing for for a university that you know is uh, something huge in in not just his family, but but the way he was um, brought up. So I think Blades is someone that we can rely on. Um, I'm not sure how much playing time he'll get or, or how much you know playmaking ability he'll have throughout the year, but someone that this defense, Cam Kitchens, uh, Williams, both Williams can come to the sideline and, and get some some good recommendations and some good advice from him. For sure. Um, yeah, man, he's definitely a true hurricane, right? Out and yeah. out, you know, a true hurricane lives it. And um, you need guys like that, right? Especially when you have a new head coach coming in and trying to explain to these young kids and these young adult males, like, yo, this is the Miami Hurricane football week. And having kids on the team who really get it and really lived it is only a, is only going to help us get to that upper echelon level a lot quicker. Um, just to kind of wrap things up, man, I know you're not into predictions, but 
I don't need a, a win-loss, but the big games. Do you see us being able to step up to the plate with the difference in coaching? We mentioned the coaching staff and how strong it is. Are they going to be able to not necessarily win those big games against FSU and Clemson this year, but necessarily just keep us in it, right, and not have guys lose their head or, or dumb penalties and, you know, stuff like that? Do you rely on these guys to do that? Do you think you could count on them? You mentioned they're one of the most penalized teams a year ago. Yeah. Um, and that falls on coaching. As much as I love the pre previous coaching staff, fond, fond of Manny Diaz and, and what he did for me and, and the way he opened it, up his doors to, to me and, and to everything that I needed from a, a broadcast standpoint. So, but just bad penalized team. Right. Uh, you go into Florida State into Do Campo and you have first two drives and result in interceptions. I think that's going to be corrected. You're asking for a lot of this team to walk into Texas A&M into College Station in front of 105,000 at yeah. 9 p.m. local time and to come away with a victory. I, I don't see victories at Texas A&M. I don't see victories at Clemson. Um, that's just the honest truth. I don't like the Fair. sugar code. I can be sit here and tell you, Kings are going undefeated. We're going to play for the ACC championship. But we know that's not the real. I do think. With that said, I do think they play for an ACC championship. I do Finally. think they're, they're clear-cut <laughs> favorites coming out of the Coastal. I think they 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 should run away with the Coastal division. I, I think they take care of everyone else. I think it's a favorable home schedule. I think it's a favorable schedule. And just because of what you, you got to take into account, uh, Sam Howell, he's gone from UNC. Virginia, new coach. Virginia Tech, new, new coach. coach. A lot of the pieces that the other teams had are gone. Um, I just don't think Florida State. Uh, look, thank you, Florida State. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Florida State. For real, fourth and fourteen. If it wasn't for that, looking back at it now, coming out of that game and, Who and knows? getting on the bus and getting on the plane, that was an awful feeling. But looking at it back now, you win that game, you don't have Mario Cristobal in Coral Gables. So thank you, Florida State, for giving us the gift of Mario Cristobal with that fourth and fourteen conversion. But again, getting back to the point. I see losses at Clemson and I see losses at Texas A&M. Outside of that, I think Miami does enough to uh, win the rest of their games and find themselves in Charlotte, North Carolina, playing for the ACC championship. That's awesome, bro. And hopefully we can make another road trip up there, bro, like we did last time. <laughs> yes, sir. You, you know where to catch me, man. I'll be there at Bank of America Stadium if that's what's still with the, what the Panthers we'll call it. Call I'll it, be right? there. Yeah, yeah, man. I'll be there with you, bro. You know what time yes, it is, sir. man. Yes, uh, Vic, man, thank you so much for your time, bro. Like like I said in the beginning, bro, you know, your support means everything to us. And we can't wait to keep showing you what we got up our sleeves, right? And uh, we'll be watching you and taking motivation from your hard work, brother. Appreciate that, my man. And again, congratulations on, on both your hard work. I, I know what it takes and, and I know um, the drive it takes yes, and, sir. and the, the dedication it, it requires. So, you know, much congratulations to both of you. Kudos to both of you and, and keep grinding because uh, there's long ways to go and it we, never stops. Never stops, brother. Appreciate you, dog. Thank you so much for your time, man. We'll catch up soon. Yes, sir. Peace. Man, what an episode, bro. Always love having Vic on the show, man. Vic is that dude, man. He really is. I mean, is. if there's somebody that has their finger on the Miami Hurricanes pulse, it's that guy, man. Now nah, he has it in his blood, bro. It's in his blood my, by now, man, because the, the type of connections I've seen him build over his time period, um, 
man, it's just impressive, you know, and and, and that's what we're aspiring to, yeah. you know, it's a it's a good thing to have this guy in our corner, bro. Yeah, we we learn every time we get a chance to talk to Vic. We learn something every new. time, man, every time. And um, you know what? I want to give a special shout out also to Davies, man, because Davies came through one night and helped us out and really helped us with our video game. So shout out to Davies, man. Um, we really appreciate you here on Sports with Soso and everybody else who's been a part of this. Like I said, uh, it's been a journey, Joel. Um. I really, really thank you, bro, because without your contributions to this show, man, I don't think we would have been able to make it. I know I wouldn't been able to make it as dope and as amazing and as crispy as it is at, um, by myself. So, again, I'm, I'm always grateful for, for you, bro. Absolutely, bro. From day one, I was glad to join you on this journey. You were looking to do it by yourself. I don't think you really needed or wanted anybody to kind of co-pilot. I said, no, I think you need a I co-pilot. Think you need it. And, um, yeah, man, I just kind of, you know, done what I can to, to help your idea of, you know, your, your passion for sports and, and, you know, your idea to take advantage of where we are today in society with social media and, and, and also with podcasts and everything that, you know, goes around that and kind of bring something to the masses or get, or yeah, to the Lo masses. local masses or whoever sure. you know, or whoever wants to listen to it. I mean, you know, we got Anybody fans. That, that's a Miami sports fan wants to hear a fresh take. That's not the same guys talking the same rhetoric over and over again. Where you know we're true fans at heart. Where it might be a little bit biased, but you know sometimes that's what you want to hear. You know, you want to hear about how good your team is, not how hey, bad they are. Listen, you're listening to two guys from the 305 that's talking right. about sports that happen mostly in the 305. That's right. So, so we do. It's what gonna. We, it's what it's what we do. We bring that local flavor, man. Yep, we live it. And um. Man, I can't wait to keep going. Uh, we have the Dolphins show kicking off for the season starter for the Dolphins against yes, the Patriots. That's going to be dope. We have another interview lined up with a bare knuckle fighter. Got to keep that on the hush for right now, but uh, it's happening. We got an interview with um, some radio personalities lined up as well. Yep. Man, I think we're going to do it big this year, bro. This this football season and basketball season is going to be really interesting, to say the least. So oh, make yeah. sure you guys continue to stay in, uh, tuning in. So now it's time to do what I like to do best, close out the show and tell people to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell one more friend. While they're at it, tell one more friend. Tell one more friend about this amazing podcast. Grab their phone. Go to Spotify. Go to iTunes. However you listen to podcasts, hit that subscribe button. And then while you're there, go to YouTube. And then you can hit subscribe, comment, and like as well and help the show grow. Because without you guys, we wouldn't have made it this far. So keep doing our thing. Keep doing your thing while we do our thing. And until next time, peace. peace.